Kelly Show. Let's have some fun on a Friday and ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I mean, I know it's Thursday. I, d- d- hold on, hold on. I know it's Thursday. I didn't get confused on the days, but because it's an Ask Dr. Jesse day, it's Friday to me. Okay, I can live in a world of make believe. Why not? Joe Biden does. <laughs> we have Joe Biden tonight. We have politicians. The way they speak and and what it should tell you when they're speaking this way. We're going to talk about Kathy Hochul. We're going to go through all your questions tonight. It is going to be, well, it's going to be an amazing Jesse Kelly show. We have Senator Ted Cruz coming up about an hour and a half from now. It's just, it's, it's going to be a good show. But obviously we need to begin with the major news out there before we get to Hochul and everything else. We need to get to the major news out there, and the major news is, of course, Joe Biden stepped up today, Justice Breyer officially announced he's retiring, and Joe Biden had this to say about his replacement. Our process is going to be rigorous. I will select a nominee worthy of Justice Breyer's legacy of excellence and decency. While I've been studying candidates' backgrounds and writings, I've made no decision except one person I will nominate will be someone with extraordinary qualifications, character, experience, and integrity. And that person will be the first black woman ever nominated to the United States Supreme Court. Uh, Look, hey, I want you to know I am digging through. I'm doing a lot of reading. Joe Biden's not doing any reading, by the way. I'm doing a lot of reading, digging through things, and I am going to find the best person for the job as long as it's black and a woman. Let's pause on that for a moment. Let's let's do a little hypothetical. It's one I've used before, but I thought it was so awesome the first time, Chris, <laughs> that I'm going to keep using it because it it applies. I want you to picture right now the person you love most in this world. Husband, wife, child, mother, father, just brother, whatever. The person you love most in this world. And I want you to picture getting a phone call from them right now. Ring, ring, phone rings. You pick up your Pure Talk phone, and what do they tell you? Well, they tell you something that makes your heart fall. They, it's the worst phone call ever. It's the one every parent dreads, husband dreads, wife dreads. It's the phone call that says, I have a brain tumor. It is thought to be virtually inoperable. And I have only about a week to live, and then I'm going to die. Unless, unless we can somehow find the greatest brain surgeon on the planet to get rid of this brain tumor, I'm going to die in one week. Now, let me ask you something. If that's your situation right now, you you just put your mind there in that situation, What gender would you prefer that brain surgeon be? Oh, you don't care? I don't understand. Okay, all right, let's set that aside. What color would you like their skin to be? Oh, you you don't care? Okay, all right, enough of that. What would you prefer their religion be? Oh, you still don't care. That is interesting. It is interesting because here's the truth. 
People love in this country because of our Judeo-Christian founding. We have a heart. We have, you know, the the golden rule. We have, we want to feel everyone's equal in the eyes of God. We want to feel this way. And because of that, you have a good heart. I'm not burdened with that, but you have a good heart. And you want things to be inclusive. But the reality of it is this. Everything you want to be inclusive, it's something you don't really care about. Because if you actually cared about something like that child, husband, wife, mother who needed brain surgery, if you actually wanted it to be, if you actually cared about it, you wouldn't want it to be inclusive at all. In fact, you would want it to be the most exclusive process in the history of mankind. Oh, I'm sorry. The wife needs emergency brain surgery. I don't care if it's black, white, purple, Indian, Muslim, Jew, Christian. I don't care if it's an atheist. I don't care if it's a man. I don't care if it's a woman. Bring me the best surgeon on the planet now. I'll sell the house to pay for it. That's what you would say. That's what I would say because that's what you care about. If you want something to be inclusive, you don't give a crap about it. And that's exactly why the Democratic Party wants everything to be inclusive for this country. Because they freaking hate the place. Not a second thought. When Joe Biden, he finds out Justice Breyer retires. Oh no, Justice Breyer's retiring. Okay, we get to replace him. Not one person in that room. When Joe Biden sat down with his advisors and Ron Klain's there, and I'm sure Susan Rice is there, and I'm sure Joe Biden's there giving Joe his sippy cup, and I'm sure they're all sitting around the table. Not one person, not one, stepped up and said, let's get a justice in there that's best for the country. If someone had said that, they would have been laughed out of the room. That's how little these people have of a care for this nation. It was all immediately, well, I mean, what do the poll numbers show? You know, our approval's down here. Oh, hey, our approval number's a little bit down with black people. We got to make sure. Okay, let's get a black one in there. Uh, got to be a woman. Uh, let's A black woman. Okay, we're all in agreement, right? The poll numbers say there was never even a thought to America. There was never a thought to the law. Certainly never a thought to the Constitution because they don't care about it. They wanted it to be inclusive because they don't care about it. That's the same reason they want the United States military to be very inclusive. They don't give a crap about it. The same reason we've taken in over 2 million illegal immigrants in just the last year. One year. Why? Well, they would say, well, we want to be an inclusive, compassionate nation. No, you don't care about the country. That's why you're bringing them in. If there was even one illegal immigrant trying to move into Jen Psaki's neighborhood, she'd call the cops. Instead, there's two million moving into America, and they love it. You can tell how much you care about something by how inclusive you want it to be. Your kid, their teacher. Teacher just got fired. They're on a teaching search. How inclusive do you want that search to be? Or do you want the best teacher out there for your child? Your Sunday school teacher. Kids got Sunday school. Got to go learn about Jesus. Do you want him to make sure it's a very inclusive process? Or do you want background checks? Do you want the right person to teach your kid about God? Your kid has to go learn how to drive. Do you want Helen Keller 
teaching the, teaching the class? Oh, you don't? Why? Why aren't you being inclusive? No, you want the best driver humanly possible. It's the ultimate litmus test for everything. You know what club you want to be inclusive? This golf club, tennis club, uh, nightclub, whatever. You know, you know when you want it to be inclusive? When you can't get in. Oh, man, I wish that club was more inclusive. Gosh, they're, they're freezing out people like me. The second you can get into the club, oh, I hope they're not letting that riffraff in. You can tell how much you care about something by how inclusive you want it to be, and that's exactly why Democrats want everything to be inclusive for America because they hate the freaking place. You know I'm right. All right, we've got a huge show for you tonight. We got, you know what, Chris? You know this. This actually leads me in an odd way. This leads me right into. I still can't get this off my off my mind. New New York Mayor Eric Adams when he said this after a couple cops got murdered. We must save this city together. An 11 month old baby was shot just a few days ago. Five officers was shot in this city. It is time for us to save our city. And we are going to need everyone on the same page to accomplish this task. And let me be clear, there are no gun manufacturers in New York City. We don't make guns here. How are we removing thousands of guns off the street and they still find their way into New York City? in the hands of people who are killers, destroying our communities. We need Washington to join us and act now to stop the flow of guns in New York City and cities like Stop the flow of guns? Look, I'm going to move on to some other politicians here, and I'm going to get to the Ask Dr. Jesse question, but... That tells you all you need to know about how much he actually cares about the dead cops. All you need to know. All right. It's time for Ask Dr. Jesse questions and a lot more tonight on a Thursday, kind of Friday, Chris, (laughs) on the Jesse Kelly Show. Now, listen to me. You haven't had to look hard the past year to find corporations willing to side with all the dirtball politicians and trash you, and trash your values, and trash this country. They're everywhere. Everywhere you turn, there's a new company willing to dump on America. Part of the reason I appreciate my pillow so much is, honestly, it's not the my slippers. Yes, I love them. They're the best slippers I've ever seen in my life. In my life, my wife won't take them off, and they're 50% off right now. But that's not it. I would love my pillow if their products sucked, because they love America, and they've been fighting for us. A a nice side benefit is all their products are amazing. They take so much time to design them. All made in America. Go to MyPillow.com, use the code JESSE, and go get my slippers 50% off. Get some for your spouse, too. Oh, and they have a huge overstock sale right now. MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE. They have pillows, towels, and sheets, and a lot more for a limited time. They've got great discounts. MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And look, like I said in the beginning, I'm going to get to your questions now on an Ask Dr. Jesse Thursday. Kind of Friday, but Thursday. 
You can tell how much someone cares about something by how inclusive you want it to be. When Joe Biden steps up to the microphone and says, my next Supreme Court justice is going to be qualified. I'm doing lots of reading, lots of briefs, reading a lot of briefs, but also it's got to be a black chick. Tells you all you need to know about how much he cares. Our process is going to be rigorous. I will select a nominee worthy of Justice Breyer's legacy of excellence and decency. While I've been studying candidates' backgrounds and writings, I've made no decision except one. The person I will nominate will be someone with extraordinary qualifications, character, experience, and integrity. And that person will be the first black woman ever nominated to the United States Supreme Court. It's long overdue in my view. Hmm. All right. All right. Sounds like he must, he must really care about the court a lot, right? I'm, I'm going to find someone qualified as long as it's a black chick. Gosh. All right. Let's get to some questions. You can email your questions during the show. Remember, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions all are welcome to the Oracle. Ooh, heavy one right off the bat. If the Ten Commandments, what, Chris? He says, <laughs> says you shall not murder. What is your opinion of being in war and killing another human being? Does it violate the Sixth Commandment? No, war's not murder. War's not murder. Well, I mean, I guess it, it could be on some level. Or there's plenty of murders that take place in war. But look, I don't speak for God, and you don't need any spiritual guidance from a monster like me. So, so I'm not going to be handing out any advice on the Ten Commandments or anything like that ever. But I will simply point this part out. Even Chris believes in this because it's the Old Testament. Uh, the man described as the one after God's own heart. His name is David. Um, at one point in time, he went out and collected 200 Philistine foreskins. Let's stop this ridiculous, soft, Americanized notion that Christians are supposed to be these, I'm so scared, uh, turn the other cheek, guys. Look how gentle I am. Am I gentle enough? Yeah, Jesus in there kicking over things in the temple and whipping people to death. You're, well, he wants me to turn the other cheek. No, you're a soft coward. That's what you are. Go fight evil. Got fired up there for a second, Chris. I'm okay now. I'm okay now. Dr. Kelly, my red-haired dime of a daughter, Emily, he said, please say her name. So I did. Got fired from her job last night because she didn't get the shot. She's a 17-year-old high school senior who wants to work. She worked at an old folks' home where she was well-liked by the residents. Please reinforce to her why she made the right decision, because I think this decision will have to be made again and again. Thanks, man. I just saw something before, right before I got on the show. It's, it's an old, old, old video. In fact, Chris, if you wouldn't mind, would you... Would you find this video that I'm talking about and put it on the show's Twitter page and show's Instagram page if you can? At Jesse Kelly Show on Twitter and Instagram because I want everyone to see it. It's an old video. Today's Holocaust Memorial Day, right? It's an old video. And there's a man named Nicholas Winton. Nicholas Winton. 
And what he did was he took a bunch of Jewish kids from Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia. Remember, the Germans occupied Czechoslovakia, too. I mean, Poland gets all the publicity. Uh, Latvia, Czechoslovakia, the Germans were killing Jews and gypsies and gay people. They were slaughtering people in a lot more countries than just that. Czechoslovakia has a dark Holocaust history to it. This guy, Nicholas Winton, he went and saved a bunch of children from Czechoslovakia, and he brought them to the United Kingdom. So this is a guy, he risked, he would have been murdered immediately. He would have been absolutely murdered immediately. He grabbed over 600 kids. I think the number was 664. I may have that wrong, but he grabbed a bunch of kids. He, he took them from there, and he brought them over to the UK and saved their lives. Now, the the video itself is super powerful. You should watch it because the kids were fully grown and they surrounded him in the auditorium and and he didn't know he was surrounded by the people he'd saved and they had him stand up. It's a tearjerker moment, but that's not my point of the story when I'm talking to Emily and whatnot. My point of it is this. There are times in history, lots of them, I know you I know you know something about history. Maybe you're a history geek like I am, but may, I know you know everyone knows something about it. There are times in history when you are a human when a human being is trapped inside of an evil regime through no fault of their own. They are trapped inside of evil. How will you respond when the evil regime demands that you comply. Remember something. Remember, uh, since we're on the subject, I'm not comparing what's happening here to the Holocaust, but since we're on the, ch- on the subject, remember, if it's 1936 and you're a German citizen, it is the way it is that Jews are persecuted, killed, assaulted, That's not something that happens uh, in a side street with a gang of thugs. That's government policy. That's health policy. That's what the media says. That's what the doctors say. That is the way it is. Now, let me ask you something. Everybody, every single person. How have you conducted yourself in the last two years when evil people attempted to steal your freedom and bring you to your knees. If you'd like to know how you would have conducted yourself in 1936 in Germany, how you conducted yourself the last two years is your answer. Emily, be strong enough like you apparently are to fight back against evil and be the one who says no when all the cowards and weaklings say yes. I applaud you for it. Quit the next 10 jobs. Make them fire you if they're wrong and you're right. That's the era we've been given. We've been given an era where we have evil people over us. Let us be strong enough to resist. Hang on. the Jesse Kelly show. I hate these freaking politicians so much. I, I, I tell you, I'm going to get to your questions here in a second. A cop has something he wants to address. Remember, we've been talking about specifically, we've been talking about the NYPD hauling people out of restaurants, unvaccinated and things like that. Cop wrote in, has a different perspective on it. 
I think he deserves a say, don't you? So we're gonna re- I'm gonna read you his perspective here in a second. But these politicians, Governor Hochul puts Manhattan DA Bragg on notice over soft on crime policies. That's the headline. When you dig into it, she says, "I have options, but I will be monitoring the situation closely." Here's the deal. This is taking place not just in New York. This is taking taking place across America. Across America, George Soros-funded communist DAs in places like New York, Philadelphia, San Francisco, L.A., George Soros-funded communist DAs are turning violent criminals loose from prison. Remember, this is some this is standard for communists. Lenin and those guys did this too. When you're in the early revolution phase of a communist takeover, that's what you want. You want violence. Why? What what do they get from that? I don't understand. It's unpopular. Yes, it's unpopular, but it creates in you, it creates in me this feeling of unease of everything is chaotic, everything is so dangerous, and whenever you can make somebody afraid and uneasy, you can then be the one they turn to for safety. You will accept things you wouldn't normally accept when you're afraid. If uh, if you're walking home tonight, you're walking home, you're walking down the sidewalk, and some dude pulls up to you in some ancient beater of a car. It's backfiring. It's all rusted out. And he rolls down the window of his car. And he leans out and he's got a do-rag on and a teardrop tattoo down his face. And he's got wearing a wife beater with some Cheeto stains on it. He's smoking Winston's with a 40. And he says, hey, you need a ride home? Hop in. I'll give you a lift. You're going to say, uh, no thanks. You might even reach for your hero gun. Now, if you're out in the ocean and you're in a little boat and that boat gets a hole in it and it begins to sink and the waves are coming over the side and that same guy, same teardrop tattoo, same Winston cigarette, same 40 in his mouth, same wife beater on, pulls up to you in a bigger boat and says, hey, you want to ride? You're diving in. Because you're afraid. The reason the communist from Lenin to now intentionally creates violence, intentionally creates a feeling of chaos, is they know it will get people to accept things they would never have accepted before in a million years. Why do you think? Have you ever sat back and thought about it? I'm going to get back to this Hokel comment in a second, but have you ever sat back and thought about how truly odd it was that St. George Floyd dies in Minneapolis. Now, I'm not even talking about the incident itself, but okay, black dude dies in Minneapolis, high off, I mean, high off fentanyl, high off fentanyl, working with counterfeit money, career criminal, but dies in Minneapolis. Now, I'm not even talking about the, the, the circumstances surrounding his death. In any other situation, this would be a minor blip on the radar if you even cared at all. Oh, okay, some uh, some career criminal druggie died in Minneapolis. Why do you think? Why do you think that prompted violent, fiery riots in almost every city in the United States of America? Why do you think that was? 
Do you think there are just so many people out there? Racism! Do you think that would, that's what that was about? It's because Donald Trump was president. Allow me to explain. At that time, Donald Trump was president of the United States of America. The communists desperately wanted power back. They understood. Yes, the protests themselves aren't going to look great for the Democratic Party, but... If you can get not just a protest going in Minneapolis, if we can get protests going in every major American city, we will give the people of this nation a feeling of unease. Remember they firebombed the New York cop car with a Molotov cocktail? New York? Why? This guy died in Minneapolis. What? Across the nation, violence, fire, murder, Looting like you've never seen before. Uh, Post-Rodney King. You remember post-Rodney King, that verdict? It was nothing compared to what took place after George Floyd got killed. No one gave a crap about George Floyd before that. Why the outrage? It was intentional. The communist understood. He understood then, as he's always understood, and as he understands now, the communist understood If I can create in this country a feeling of unease, if I can make people afraid, make people feel like things are out of control and dangerous, they might turn to me. That gives me the best shot of them turning to me. The communist understands that. Remember, he thrives in chaos, so he causes chaos. And this is one of the this is one of the great things about communists, the early ones, especially Lenin. I would encourage you to go read it. Forget about all that Marx stuff. He was just a, a fat philosopher, didn't even have a job. Lenin's the one who put it into practice. Lenin, Lenin wrote extensively how we need violence, guys. No, 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 no. We need terrorism. He, he wants he wanted terror. He said we need re- the revolution to be without end. We need violence. We need terror. And they look, again, he wrote all this stuff down. He said, this is what we need for people to accept us. They turn violent criminals loose across the cities in the United States of America, not because of equity or racism or any of the other reasons they actually give. They turn violent criminals loose across the United States of America because they want them to commit more acts of violence. When some uh, rapist gets turned loose from jail, no bail, whatever, and he goes and assaults some poor woman. Remember, this just happened on a New York island. I think she was 52 years old. They turned some violent crook loose. He pounces on some poor 52-year-old woman, assaults her terribly. The communist DA does not look at that and think, ah, dang. Oh, I can't believe he screwed up like that. I thought he was going to turn his life around. That's my fault. Dang it. Maybe the next one will do better. He looks at that and says, oh, nice. That, that worked out exactly as intended. That's fantastic. That is how the communist thinks. We have to get this through our heads. We have to understand at all times the destruction is intentional. It is not an accident. They're not looking at inflation and thinking, oh, no, whoops. They're not looking at a nation flooded with illegal immigrants and saying, ah, shoot. Dang it. Maybe we should have built the wall. 
They're not looking at a new violent murder. Some Asian woman gets chucked in front of the subway by a violent felon in New York City. They're not looking at that and saying, oh, dang, shoot. I wish we'd have done different, guys. They're looking at it and saying, oh, nice, that's working out great. I bet people were extra afraid now. And so when Kathy Hochul or any other governor or mayor looks, says something to the effect of, well, I'm monitoring the situation, what they're doing is just trying to turn down the public heat a little. They're not worried about any violent crime at all. Kathy Hochul's surrounded by armed guards. I promise Kathy Hochul's not worried about some homeless dude killing an Asian woman in the subway. All right. We're going to get back to the Ask Dr. Jesse questions. I owe this cop to read his, his email about enforcing the vaccine mandate stuff. Now, look, it is a violent place. It is a violent place out there now. And, and as I just explained, that's, that's probably not going to get worse, especially in cities and whatnot. Do you have a hero gun yet? Even if you already own weapons, you need a hero gun as a supplement. If you don't own weapons at all, maybe you're uncomfortable with them. That's totally fine. Get a hero gun. It's a non-lethal gun. It fires pepper balls 100 miles per hour. They explode on contact in this chemical pepper irritant. You just you can't even function. It's way more powerful than pepper spray. It doesn't take you. You don't have to be some Navy SEAL to use it. It's got a laser sight on it. It's cake to use. You don't need a concealed carry permit. Get something with you at all times for you to protect yourself with. Your spouse, too. That daughter you're sending off to college, your son heading out of town. Make sure they have a hero gun. Have something to rely on. Go to Hero2020.com and use the code JESSE and that actually gets you a special discount. All right? Hero2020.com, promo code JESSE. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. Let me stand next to your fire. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Thursday, but kind of a Friday because it's an Ask Dr. Jesse Thursday today. Look, before I get to this cop's email and the rest of your emails, the emails are so good. Remember, we still got Ted Cruz coming up about oh, 45 minutes from now. We have a podcast available, too. What I mean is a podcast version of the show. If you miss any part of the show, the whole thing's on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating in a review talking about how handsome I am. It's very important. It's very important for the show, all right? It's really, it's really, really important for the show. Now, before I get to this email, I, do, I think it's only appropriate, appropriate to once again play the words of the commander-in-chief. But uh, um, I might point out, you're, uh, when I went to Dearborn driving that uh, you know, uh, was up there. I don't know, man. It, it, uh, I think the press thought I was crazy. I enjoyed it so much going up and, uh, your new EV factory and, uh, and that, uh, that Hummer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for clearing that up. All right. Let's get to the cops email. Hey, Jesse. I need to put this out there because I've seen headline after headline about how the police are harassing and arresting people for the crime of not wearing masks or having their vax cards. I'm a 15-plus-year law enforcement officer here in Texas, and I feel obligated to educate your audience on this. Of course, I can only speak on the law in Texas, but here it goes. If a person is asked or told to leave a place of business and they refuse, they are trespassing. 
No different than if you told someone to leave your home and they refused. That would be trespassing. Trespassing is a crime. Cops are obligated to act. There is no obligation on the part of the person who owns the business to make sure that the person being told to leave agrees with the reason. In other words, if a business makes the decision to not allow anyone who isn't vaxxed or masked to be in their establishment, that is their right, like it or not. Personally, I think it's disgusting that businesses are going all in on this nonsense, but as a cop, I cannot allow someone to trespass, and that's the main point. People are not being arrested or charged for not wearing masks or not being vaxxed in these situations. They're being arrested or charged for trespassing. I think it's important this distinction be understood. Again, we don't have to agree or like the reason someone is asked to leave a business, but if they are told to leave and they refuse, they are committing a crime. I know this is longer than you'd probably like and don't expect you to read it on the air, but I do hope it clarifies some things and hope you don't fall for the headlines. Thank you for what you do, sir. If you do read this on the air, you may say my name. His name is Ray. I thought, I thought. look, this is something we've pointed out on the show before. Cops throwing people in cuffs. Cops escorting kids out of restaurants. It's something I've pointed out before. So I've, I thought it was only fair to our cop guys who do look out for us to give an alternate perspective on it. I thought that was only fair. I do think this stuff, this stuff is extra hilarious, though, because the, the Biden administration is starting to have to answer for what has become a losing political issue for Democrats, and that's obviously crime. And it is funny listening to them try to walk all their former rhetoric back. Would you agree that the most important job for any president is to keep Americans safe? I would agree. So you said that the president's never satisfied if people don't feel safe. Does he know that after a year in office, people do not feel safe in this country? Well, Peter, I think if we look at the facts here, we've seen a surge of crime over the last two years. Would you agree with that? So what are you attributing the rise in crime to then? Well, I think we should be responsible in how we're reporting to the public what the what the what the uh, roles are, what the reasons for the surge in crime. Gun violence is a huge reason for the surge in crime. Uh, underfunding of pol- some police departments and their need for additional resources, something the president has advocated for consistently through the course of his career. That's something we know we need to take action on. But he's been here in office for more than a year, and the murder rate is nearing a 25-year high. So why don't we see and hear more from the president about this? And he has spoken to crime, but I think what people are most uh, focused on, as they should be, are what actions he has taken. He has unveiled a strategy to focus federal law enforcement resources on combating violence. violent crime, offered unprecedented levels of funding through the rescue plan for cities and states to put more cops on the beat. Okay, that's all for voice I can possibly stand. It's a losing political issue for Democrats. They do know Republicans. Every now and then Republicans get something right. They do know Republicans are going to be running on crime across the country in the midterms. And need I remind everyone before I get back to all the Ask Dr. Jesse questions and stuff like that today, need I remind everyone that Kamala Harris, on her social media account, she advertised, she advocated for, I believe it was called the Minnesota Freedom Fund, something to bail out violent criminals. One of the violent criminals they bailed out went on to murder somebody in a road rage incident. 
when the cities were burning and the Black Lives Matter animals and Antifa animals were all over the country burning, looting, and murdering everything in sight, the Democratic Party nationally was standing right behind them, <laughs> clapping their hands. And look, this is, I'll be honest, when I get, when I get passionate about the partners we have for the show, uh, like companies like MyPillow and Hero and Pure Talk and, and Oxford Gold and, and all these things. When I get passionate about it, it's because I'll be, I'll be frank with you right now. I despise corporations now. These corporations who lined up with that absolute scumbag lie that cops are out there hunting down black men for sport. Corporations couldn't wait to hop on that lie, and it disgusts me. So when I find corporations who weren't down with that, that's who I like to partner with. And I, and I will be honest with you, uh, because of you, because the show has gotten extremely popular way faster than we thought it was going to be, way faster than anyone thought it was going to be. <laughs> I still can't believe that. Because the show's gotten that popular, we now have the freedom to say no to advertisers. We have the freedom to say no. And as Chris has pointed out before, we do. It's something I've done before. And... They're awesome about it. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Second hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, we got Senator Ted Cruz coming up about 30 minutes from now. All kinds of Ask Dr. Jesse questions. In fact, we have a really good one here coming up in a second about clearing rooms, meaning urban warfare stuff. I got a little story. It's about to be story time with Jesse, but I want to play for you something really quickly. I know we have a lot of Canadian listeners. Um, whether you're in Canada or not, I mean, it's Canada. Canada has always been such a normal place. I mean, at least my whole life it's been. I remember when I, I was in Ohio, my old man, he, he had, his family had a cabin up uh, in the Toronto area, and we would go up to this cabin, just a fishing cabin, and we'd go fishing up there, see snapping turtles and stuff. And then when I was in Montana, the, what was it, uh, Alberta, I think. I forget which one. Look, I'm not a geography major. The whatever province was just north of Montana had a drinking age that was like 18. So we would occasionally take a little jaunt into Canada and we'd go up there and have a couple beers, nothing, nothing crazy, and come on back home. I've been to Canada bear hunting before. I mean, it's just a, it's a place I spent a lot of time and it's just always been so normal. I mean, let's be honest. Pretty much just like America. It always felt that way. I mean, little differences. Your beer store thing is weird, but little differences. Canada has gone from being such a normal place to being some kind of hellhole. Today, big box stores that have a footprint of 1,500 square meters uh, or more are going to have to ask people, customers, to show proof of vaccination. Now, pharmacies and grocery will be exempt from this. So if you're going into a Costco or a Walmart or something like that, where you might be going in uh, to buy groceries or visit the pharmacy, uh, in that case, an employee will have to be with that person as they walk through the store to make sure that they do not go uh, and buy other products or other items that might be in the store. Okay, <laughs> what in the world? And I know we ask these questions all the time, and I know you enjoy them. I enjoy them too. Just these hypothetical questions. 
The person who comes up with that, the person who comes up with that idea, I mean, hey, look, let's send a government official to escort them through the store and only make sure they're buying the things we say. Do you think that person has a moment where they look in the mirror and they think, man, I'm the bad guy. Do you think they have a moment? They have to, right? They have to. There has to be a moment where you're thinking, uh, wow, I sound terrible. (laughs) That's gosh. All right, let's get to some questions here. Because it is an Ask Dr. Jesse Thursday, remember, uh, there'll be a best of tomorrow. They're moving all the studio stuff. On Monday, we're moving into a, a, a new studio. They built me a new studio, which is so cool. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. That doesn't mean anything to you. The show should still sound the same, except... It means history is coming back. Get to start doing some history stuff. It just frees up a lot more time for me, commute wise and whatnot, that, that, to do something I love. You know I'm passionate about the history stuff, so let's get to it. Dear Frito Bandito, I have a carry permit and dispense about 500 rounds downrange per year. I run a dot drill and practice reloading, drawing from my holster and FTFs and stovepipes. I want to learn how to clear a room or a house. Do I need to go to a class? Do you have recommendations? Is it necessary? What are the things that regular people miss when training? It says thanks in, in, that I can use his name. His name is Rhett. I'm going to tell you a little story. I've told this story before, but it's been a while. We were I, we were in the Marine Corps Infantry. All right, so we were the grunts. We were the, the, the trigger pullers out there. And this is pre-Iraq, okay? Pre-Iraq, pre-Afghanistan, pre-9-11. We are always shooting. Always. I was stationed in 29 Palms. Um, Your life was PT and classes and shooting. We were always shooting our weapons. So we were good. I mean, we got to the point we were really, really, really good with our weapons. We were not not amateurs. This was not a weekend thing. This was our full-time job. Go learn how to kill. That's what what our full-time job was. And then 9-11 happens, and Afghanistan pops off. It looks like Iraq's going to pop off. And my company, we ended up getting a gunny, a gun a company. He's a big shot enlisted guy for civilian types. He's a, one of the major, one of the high-ranking guys in the company. We get him, and he is one of those guys that's done all the stuff you see in the movies, all the scout sniper stuff. All, I mean, he's the guy who works with Delta Force. He's the guy, I mean, he's the guy who's bun- done a bunch of stuff, you can't talk about, but you see him with his dress blues on and the ribbons and medals thing takes up half of his chest and you think, oh my gosh, who is this person? That was this guy. And I would love to say his name. I didn't get permission. I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I'm not going to say his name, but he was a wonderful human being. I mean, hard as nails, but wonderful human being. And he knew there was going to be some aspect of urban warfare to what we were going to be doing, whether it was Iraq, Afghanistan, it was going to involve buildings. It wasn't just mountains and valleys and things like that. It was going to involve buildings. We, because we were shooting all the time and running push-ups and all those things, we thought we were the baddest dudes around. A little cocky. I know you're going to find that shocking, but a little cocky. We thought we were the baddest dudes around. And he decided that he was going to teach us a lesson about just how bad we weren't. Now, you know what an M16 is. Everyone knows what an M16 is. They don't use those anymore, but I was still in the M16 era. You know what an M16 is. An M16 has something where you can take something out of the gun and put something in the gun, and it'll essentially shoot 
We called them sim rounds. Sim rounds. It, it shoots a smaller round than it normally does. It is paint, but I don't want to give you the impression this is a paintball. It's essentially a bullet that shoots a paint round. If you shoot this thing close to your skin, it's going to rupture your skin. If you shoot it close to something sensitive like your eye or your nether regions, you're going to regret it. Okay, you you will lose an eye. You could easily lose a nether region part. It, these things are not they're not paintballs, not by any stretch of the imagination, but they are a wonderful training tool because look, you got to toughen up anyway. It's going to hurt and it's a way for you to carry the weapon you're going to carry into combat and go have a fight. You can go have a gunfight with other people. So here's what he did. Wanted to let us know how little we knew. You know, all these bad, tough guy infantry marines. He lines us all up one night. We go, we'd go draw our M16s from the armory. We'd make sure they're all fitted with sim rounds. Everything's, everything's done right. So we're all locked and loaded and ready to go. And we're on base. We're on base in 29 Palms, California. It's just a big Marine Corps base out in the middle of the desert. And we head down to this building. Now, what this building was, was it was uh, empty, except for stuff they'd put in there. It was an empty, multi-story building. Rooms, stairs, anything just like a home or, or something like that. And we found out what we were going to be doing was, as a platoon, so you think 30 to 40 guys in general. Whenever someone says platoon, that's just think about that. It could be 50, but it's in that, in that range. We were going to have to go into this home. This was at night. And we were going to have to, quote, kill everyone in there. We just shooting them with the sim rounds. They were obviously other Marines. Now, they had gone and got Marines from the Marine Corps cops. They was from the provost marshal's office. Just call them MPs. That's an Army thing. But that's you'll know what that means. Marine Corps cops. They went and got a bunch of Marine Corps cops. I believe there were six or seven of them, maybe eight. And they put them in the home. And we, this big, tough group of infantry Marines, we were trained, right? Not, not just the fresh off the block. We had to go into this building and clear it out. We had to go in there and, again, fake kill these guys. They slaughtered us. And I mean, they slaughtered us with ease. Every platoon that went in was slaughtered with ease. The norm, the norm was maybe one or two of them would die. They would kill every single one of us and kill us very, very quickly. When it comes to clearing rooms, urban warfare, there's way more to it than I could ever get into here. I'll just tell you a couple quick things. And there are so many people who are way better at it than I ever was. From there, look, the lesson was, you all suck at this, let's learn how to do it. And then we spent the next months and months and months and months and months learning. But I'm the furthest thing in the world from an expert. I'm not one who can teach you that. I'm, I'm, I'm not John Rambo here. But it is a skill that takes huge amounts of practice unless you want to take mass, mass, mass casualties. And there are so many parts of it you simply don't think about and parts of it that are so difficult to plan for. And in fact, 
you're probably geeking out on this. So I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you a couple things here in just a second. A couple things we learn, a couple little technique things. You do with them what you will, but you're not going to learn anything here. I'm just going to, I'm going to, if anything, give you a little window into how much you have to learn. That's a long way to say, yes, go get a class from a professional if that's something you want to learn. Look, you have to, everything is training, isn't it? Everything's just training. All the people you love and admire, the tough guys and whatnot, they're trained that way. I mean, we talk about kids and how the kids have to be trained. I want my kid to be a thinker. I want my kid to use his head. I mean, you got to teach them. You have to teach your kids to think. You have to teach them critical thinking skills. When I tell people about Annie's Genius Box, that's why I'm telling you about it. It comes every month. Three hands-on activities. It comes with this top-secret mission envelope. They love it. That has the instructions. And all of a sudden, your kid's pulling out these weird-looking things from these, these Ziploc bags. Basically, they look like Ziploc bags. And they're having to assemble a hovercraft or examine a fossil. And it's forcing them to learn geology and chemistry and aerodynamics. It gets their faces out from in front of the TV and the phones and forces them to think. And look, if you go to annieskitclubs.com slash radio, you actually save 75% on your first box. That's obviously gigantic. annieskitclubs.com slash radio. Go save 75%. Teach your kid how to think. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Thursday. Remember, you can email the show anything you want, your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. If you miss any part of the show, the whole thing's available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating in a review talking about how handsome I am. We love those. It's really, really, really important to the show. All right, back to just finishing this thought in case you missed it. I was just talking about someone asked about, hey, I want to learn how to clear rooms or clear a house in urban warfare. And I went over this story from, from us trying to learn that in the Marine Corps. I will tell you things like part of what makes it so difficult is just stuff you don't think about. Like, uh, all right, let's say you, you want to go into a room. Maybe it's you and a buddy. Maybe it's you and four buddies. Let's say there's one guy in that room, and he's got an AK-47. He wants to kill you. You want to go in there and kill him. You got four buddies. Shouldn't be a problem, right? Here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to charge through the door. I've seen it in the movies. We'll charge through the door and we'll mow him down. Well, this is the kind of stuff they would do to us and stuff you don't think about. Oh, we do the same thing. We went charging through the door. We got him. He'd taken a chair or a table and he just laid it down on the ground in front of the door. Didn't stop the door. But as you're charging in, trying to aim at him, here you are tripping over the chair as he mows down all four of you with the AK-47. Oh, your first buddy tripped on the chair. You didn't trip on the chair, but your first buddy did. Now you trip on him because you're all going in. You see what I mean? It's just very, very, very difficult. Very difficult. It takes training, serious training, and it's very, very dangerous. If we're going into a room, we used to do something, and I'm not saying this is right. This is what we did. They've probably got better techniques now. And like I said, we were not the experts. It was not Delta Force or Navy SEALs. This is Marine Corps infantry. We were good, but we're not, we're not those guys. 
we would do a, what's called a button hook and a cross. So what does that mean? All right, so I'm standing at a door. I'm going to be standing against the wall. Let's say the door's in front of me to my left. I'm standing against the wall. My buddy, who's clearing it with me, he's right behind me. He'll have a hand on my shoulder, and he's right behind me. He'll have a hand on my shoulder. And when it's time to go, we do our, we do our thing, and we go. We would do a button hooker cross, meaning I would go into the room, and immediately I would hook, and I would have that part of the room. And I wouldn't look at any other part of the room because I just have that sector of the room. He would go in behind me and cross, meaning he would just run to the other side of the room and have the other sector of the room. You know how easy it is to shoot your buddy in the back of the head doing stuff like that? You have any idea how many of the best guys on the planet? Navy SEALs. How many died during training, live fire training? Because it's just very dangerous. And then there's something else you don't think about. That bullet. Ever run into your wall too hard? Drag a piece of furniture into the wall? Maybe hit it too hard with your elbow? What are your walls made of? Wood and drywall, which is just stiff powder. You're not in a house with concrete walls most of the time. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. Okay, I went in the room. Oh, I got the bad guy dead to rights. Got my sights right right in between his eyes. Pop! He's dead. Yeah, he's dead. That round's still going. What's behind him? What's behind that wall? Got a baby in the next room, in the crib? Want that on your conscience? I'm going to move on from this now because you can go super deep in the weeds. It just, the answer to your question is, you, if you that's something you want to learn how to do, you have to get training. You have to get training by professionals. That's the bad news. The good news is there are so many of these super studs out there now, Green Berets and stuff, that have gotten out of the of military and they now offer private schools and private classes. They will teach you that stuff. They will teach. So there's they're everywhere. I can't give you a recommendation because it depends on where you live. They're all over the place. You will find stuff like that if that's something that interests you. It's very 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 difficult. Very, very, very dangerous. So there, there's your answer. Moving on to Nas Dr. Jesse Friday. I'm sorry, I need, I need this again because it, it puts a smile on my face. You know what? More than anything, it makes me feel better about myself. But uh, um, I might point out, you're, uh, when I went to Dearborn driving that, uh, you know, uh, was up there. I don't know, man. It. it uh, I think the press thought I was crazy. I enjoyed it so much going up and uh, your new EV factory and uh, and that uh, that Hummer. <laughs> what is he talking about? <laughs> oh gosh, that's the president. That sucks. All right, all right, come on. We got a bunch of Ask Doctor Jesse questions. I feel like we're running out of show here. I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying. Yo, Jesse, I am a hot sauce freak just like you. Thanks to the army. What would you say are your top three sauces? My hope is for this email is that it puts you on a Chris infuriating sidetrack. <laughs> Love the show, buddy. Make the tyrants feel pain. His name is Dan. Oh, gosh. Favorite hot sauces. Uh, obviously, everybody knows how to make Jesse Kelly's world famous cheeseburgers by now. So I'm going to set aside the Chipotle hot sauce. Everyone knows about the Chipotle hot sauce. Michael says Cholula. 
I love Cholula. You'll never hear me dog on Cholula. My favorite sauces, though, are Crystal or Cristal, depending on where you are, Cajun Chef, and Texas Pete. Now, Michael just gave me this weird look when I said Cajun Chef. I will tell you, uh, Cajun Chef, most of the great Cajun places I've been in my life, they serve Cajun Chef. There's a bottle of Cajun Chef on the shelf. I love me some Cajun Chef. So you're welcome, Cajun Chef, when you sell out now. <laughs> They're going to be like, what in the world? Remember we did that to that one guy's hot sauce? Oh, I forget. Oh, I, forget. I can't give it out again because I'll melt the guy's website. I keep forgetting that a lot of people listen to the show and still used to this, you know, being a seven to eight o'clock at night show just on here late in Houston. And we gave out the name of some local hot sauce. It was dynamite. And the owner emails me the next day. What did you do? You sold out every bottle. <laughs> That's funny. I'm, I'm drunk with power right now. Honestly, it's, it feels so good to be a super celebrity, a super celebrity, an Oracle and a Shogun. All right, someone wants to know, do we need more congressmen? We're going to answer that question after we talk to Ted Cruz, who is next. Hang on. Joining me now is someone, maybe you've heard of him before. He's a United States senator from Texas. His name is Ted Cruz. Senator, obviously the gigantic news out there right now is Joe Biden. He's replacing Justice Breyer. Is there anything, is there anything honestly, that's suspenseful about this whole thing? He's obviously going to pick a black woman. We can all assume she's going to be a card-carrying communist and she's going to get approved. Is it more complicated than that? Well, Jesse, I think that's exactly right. Uh, I think we could expect Joe Biden to nominate a radical leftist to the Supreme Court. That has been the pattern he has followed this past year of putting one activist after another after another on the federal courts of appeals, on the federal district courts. I got to say, the nominees that Biden has put forth so far are more radical, more extreme than Barack Obama nominated, and more Ooh. radical, they're more extreme than Bill Clinton nominated. So I fully expect him to continue that pattern, and we are going to have an epic battle to stop what I anticipate will be a really terrible nominee. Senator, can you explain why the Biden administration has been so radical? Obviously, I'm not a Biden fan. I've never been a Biden fan. He's been a jerk for about 40 years, but I never considered him to be AOC ideologically, but that's kind of how it's gone. Why? I don't understand. You know, Jesse, it's a strange thing. I, I don't have a good answer to that. Uh, it is clear what has happened is that Biden has made a political determination to give the radical left the agenda, to give AOC and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, to give them control of everything. So trillions of new spending, trillions of new taxes, trillions of new debt, Jeez. open borders, weakness, withdrawal, all of that is being driven by the crazies of their party. And, and the dynamic I can tell you that's playing out in the Senate uh, is you have a lot of Senate Democrats that are terrified of being primaried from the left. They see AOC and the socialists, and, and they're the ones with the energy. They're the ones with the anger. They're the ones marching in the streets with the pitchforks and torches. And, and, and the Democrats are more scared of them than they are the general election voter. And, and, and so for whatever reason, Biden and the Biden White House has decided the crazy left, they get the agenda, they get the nominations, they drive the policy train, 
And I guess the trade-off is Joe Biden gets to be president and fly around in a big fancy plane and, and, and listen to hail to the chief when he walks in the room. It, it, it's been a terrible trade-off for the country. Can you – is it – is it the AOC primary that really put the fear of God in them? For those who don't remember, AOC challenged a, a longtime Democrat congressman in New York and then bounced him and bounced him fairly e- easily. I didn't realize it at the time, but was that something that really put people like Schumer and Pelosi and Biden on notice that they're not running things anymore? Well, look, her winning was certainly a significant part of it, but it's what happened afterwards which is there are millions of angry left-wing radicals, socialists, who had initially gotten going in the Bernie Sanders campaign. Uh, they were, you know, Bernistas, and, and, and you know, a lot of them are, are young kids, college kids, people who aren't working, people who are sitting around smoking pot all day, uh, who, you know, hey, man, life would be better if everything was free. Yeah, man, that's great. Those guys are engaged and energized. It's all the knuckleheads on Twitter. Look, you and I are both conservatives who, who <laughs> wage battle on Twitter. I don't know if that means we're morons or just hard-headed or what. <laughs> but, but it's everyone who is triggered, who's enraged, when you or I say some terribly objectionable thing like, you know, God bless America or apple pie is good, and, and, and they lose their minds. Senator, going forward, obviously you've 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 been one of the good ones in the GOP as far as trying to get this party to be bolder and trying to move the party to the right and take aggressive action. I feel like I mean I hate to be I hate to be sunshine guy, but I feel like maybe the GOP is getting better. I I, I obviously there's a long way to go. I feel like the GOP is getting some stones. Is that just wishful thinking? Oh, look, better, yes. Have we been worse in the past? Absolutely. Is there a long way to go? Yes. Um, You know, it's interesting. We we started talking about Breyer. I I think one of the really pivotal moments where we saw the GOP get some some backbone was when Justice Scalia died Mm -hmm. uh, in in February of, of 2016. And at the time, Republicans in the Senate said, we're going to keep this vacancy open. We're going to let the voters decide in November of this year. And, and I got to say, it was the, the press lost their minds. Democrats lost their minds. It, it, it's a remarkable thing. And, and actually, I remember very well because the, the, the day Justice Scalia died happened to be the day of the South Carolina presidential debate. And, and so I was in a meeting prep room in South Carolina getting ready for the debate that night. And, and actually, my team got a phone call from the sheriff out in West Texas who had discovered Justice Scalia's body. Oh. He was out there hunting in West Texas and died in his sleep. So the sheriff said, you know, holy crap, I've got a dead Supreme Court justice. And so the sheriff called my office and called John Cornyn's office to let us know this is before the news was public. And so we, we knew about it several hours before it broke publicly. And when it broke publicly... Uh, I immediately called on the Senate, let's hold this vacant. We should not fill this with a radical leftist from Obama. We should let the American people decide in November. And and I got to say, it's a fascinating thing because a couple hours later, Mitch McConnell came out and said the same thing. Let's hold the seat vacant. And Mitch's chief of staff subsequently told the New York Times the reason he did that is that he knew that night at the, at the presidential debate in South Carolina, he knew I was going to draw a line in the sand and say, we cannot fill this vacancy before the election. 
And he didn't want to be seen to be following my lead or giving in to what I wanted, so he decided <laughs> to come out for the same thing early uh, and beat me to the punch. And you know what? I'm thrilled with that. I'll take yes any way you wrap it, uh, it, it, any way you cover it up. And we held the line, and we held the line. And Jesse, without exaggeration, I believe, had Justice Scalia not passed away when he did, had he, had he just lived another year. I think Hillary Clinton would have been president. I think that vacancy turned enough people out in 2016 to elect Donald Trump uh, and elections have consequences. And and, and I hope and believe on this vacancy that Republicans fight with every breath in our body. Now, the Democrats have a majority. If they hold their team together, they can ram this through. But we need to we need to fight with everything we've got to stop them from putting radicals on the court who will strip away our constitutional rights. Senator, what's the coolest thing about being a senator? It's, it's, I mean, I'm sure I know representing to people and all that other stuff, but it must be fun to have like a gigantic staff. You could just order it. I'd, ha- I'd have them going on beer runs and stuff for me all the time. <laughs> well, actually, the coolest thing in this is just being in the arena, being yeah. in, the, in, in the fight. Like it's you think of the insanity that's going on in our world right now. You think of all of the crazy stuff that are happening. And and the Senate right now is 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 the modern gladiator pit. It, it it's where you go and battle uh to, to to defend the nation. And and it's you know, people refer to it as, you know, these distinguished orators. That that's of an age when people had handlebar mustaches. Mm-hmm. Um this is now hand to hand combat and and it's I feel blessed, A, that I get to represent 29 million Texans. That's an amazing thing to wake up and say, 29 million Texans, it's my job to fight for you with everything I got. But B, that I have the platform that, that, that when I see things that are crazy, when, when I see things that don't make sense, to call out the other guys and, and to shine a light and, and to work to win people's hearts and minds. That, that, that is, if we're going to take our country back, We've got to do what, what Ronald Reagan did uh, when, when Reagan was out of power and he did radio broadcasts all over the country and he moved people's hearts and minds. He, he, he helped people understand the power of freedom. You do that on your show. You're out there engaging in the arena, winning hearts and minds. As you know, I've got a podcast, Verdict with Ted Cruz. Last year, it was the number one ranked podcast in the world in the spring of last year. We do that every week, designed for the same thing, to win people's hearts and minds, to explain what's happening. And that's the coolest thing, is being in the arena. The Verdict with Ted Cruz. Senator, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you, my friend. God bless. Listen, you just heard me go off a little bit earlier in the show about corporations and how they lined up with everyone last summer to trash this country and trash cops and all that other garbage. I've told you before, I reject business partners now. By the grace of God, we can do it, who do not align with our values, who did that stuff. Part of the reason I speak so boldly about pure talk, it's not honestly, it's not because of the cell phone coverage. The cell phone coverage is wonderful. Yes, they're on the exact same network as one of the big guys. They are. I speak boldly about pure talk because they love the country. They would never trash it. Switching is easy. Customer service made, customer service right here in America. That means something to me. You call, you talk to an American. That's awesome. And when you go to dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. And when you go to Pure Talk, you know that money you're sending every month, it doesn't go to garbage. 
Oh, and you'll save a fortune, too. The average family saves over 800 bucks a year. Dial pound 250 and say, Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Oracle. I'm going to love this one. It's a scream, baby. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Thursday. Do we need more congressmen? Oh, we're going to answer that question in just a second. I can can see people punching the radio as we speak right now. But first, I have to tell you this. I get asked a lot uh, about charities and where people should give and where people should give. And I always answer the same thing. One. There are a lot of really good places you can give your money. A lot of really outstanding charities out there. However, remember, I worked for a year in the nonprofit world. I got to know a lot of people in that world. There are a lot of really, really, really scummy ones. And I could name names right now, but I'm not going to. Scummy ones that you probably know maybe scummy ones you even give to, the money does not go where you think it's going. It's lining someone else's pockets. When I talk about Tunnel to Towers, go look at their rating. Don't take my word for it. I don't even want you to take my word for it. Go look at their charity rating. That's why I support Tunnel to Towers. When you give, the money goes to the people to pay off the mortgages of the Gold Star Widows. It goes there. Go to T, the number two, T.org. T2T.org. You know what they ask from you? 11 bucks a month. It's nothing. You'll never know it's there. T2T.org. Tunnel to Towers. Go look them up. You'll see what I mean. All right. It's not my question. Someone wanted to know, though. Mr. Oracle, should we get rid of the Permanent uh, Apportment Act? Apportionment Act? (laughs) Shut up. The Permanent Apportionment Act of 1929, which caps the House at 435 members and go back to the system of one representative for every 30,000 persons. I think this would lead to a more representative form of government. Right now, one individual in the House represents about 750,000 people, which is impossible to represent. What do you think? I think I like where your head's at. I think it sounds like a good idea. I think it would end up absolutely disastrously because you have to understand right now when the communists go off about the popular vote because they win the popular vote every single time, they're right about the fact they win the popular vote. You realize that we are number for number outnumbered. I wish I'd put that differently, but we are, we are outnumbered. They have flooded this country. We are outnumbered. I don't think we want more communists on the Congress, do we? Because you realize what that means. One representative for every 30,000 persons. You know how many people are in New York City? You know how many people are in L.A.? Would you like more New York City and Los Angeles congressmen in D.C.? Because you're not going to get more rural Texas congressmen. You're going to get more from the Bronx. How's the other one from the Bronx working out? You enjoying that? Just It's one of those things. Look, I'm not saying you're dumb. It's not a bad idea. I'm dumb. Just be careful what you wish for. Jesse, since it appears Russia is about to invade Ukraine and China is probably not far behind invading Taiwan, do you think we should take this opportunity and invade one of our neighbors? 
If so, which do you prefer, Mexico or Canada? This is a tough one. This is a tough one because, as I brought up earlier in the show, I've spent a lot of time in Canada. I've gone fishing up there and bear hunting up there, and we were drinking and chasing women around up there, and I've, I've, I've enjoyed Canada. And I spent some time in Mexico. I've been down there two or three times, I think, and I've enjoyed my time down there. I vote Mexico, and this is why. One, we've tried to invade Canada before, and we failed. Canadians, I know it's fun to make fun of them, and believe me, I'm never going to stop. They're actually tough as nails, and Canada has an outstanding military history. Outstanding. Go look at what the Canadians did in wars like World War I. They were lions. The Canadians are tough as nails. That's one. Two, Mexico. I dig Mexico. I dig it a lot. I like I like a lot I like a lot of the culture. I love the food. I love the beaches down there. I love the beer. Mexican beer is outstanding. Uh, the, the women are dimes. I love Mexico. In fact, you could make the argument if look, we could get way deep in the weeds here. Maybe I'll do this on on one of the history podcasts I do. You could make the argument maybe Mexicans would be better off if we had invaded Mexico and taken the place over. Let's remember, they have a bunch of states there like we have here, and over half of them are run by the cartels. It's a narco state. The country's controlled by the narcotics industry. Ours isn't. Well, unless you count Pfizer, but we're not going into that right now. Ours isn't. Would the, wouldn't the Mexican people be better off with clean drinking water? I say they would have. Now, granted, you have the whole conquest thing, which can be a little messy, I admit. But yeah, we'll see what happens. And we'll see what happens with this Russia-Ukraine thing, too. I would not say it's some foregone conclusion that Russia is going to invade Ukraine. I know it looks like that now, but remember something. Ever since the the North Korea got established, ever since North Korea got established after the Korean War, and they became a thing, and it was clear they were going to be run by communist dictators like they are, and it's a disaster. Once that became clear, the North Koreans started to figure something out very, very, very early on. They figured out, yeah, okay, so because we're communist, everyone's going to starve to death here except for the people at the top because that's how communism works, so that sucks, we do need some food because we have to keep the people alive. All we know how to do is be communists, so we don't have any idea how to grow an economy. But there is a way we can get some food in here. We can just act like we're about to nuke somebody, act super belligerent. The entire world, mainly us, will mobilize and tell, tell them, wait, don't you dare, and they'll keep saber-rattling and keep escalating and saber-rattling and escalating, and what will we do eventually? We'll pay them off with money and food. You realize to this day, to this day, we deliver large quantities of food to North Korea, but because they don't want the North Koreans to know it comes from us, they open up all the bags and replace them with other bags so they can't tell it came from America. You know that still happens to this day. I'm not saying that's what's happening in Russia. I'm not. I'm not I'm not I'm not buddies with Putin and I'm not inside of his mind. I don't know what's going on over there. But I do know this. These crazy dictators, and I didn't mean to isolate even North Korea on that. This is something guys like Saddam and Gaddafi and all these guys. They make a living doing this stuff. 
Act like you're some belligerent nut job who might, you might nuke Israel at any moment. And all of a sudden the cash and food is raining from the skies, baby. I think there's a chance we could be looking at something like that here. I would not say that war is a foregone conclusion. There could be. I mean, I don't know. I can't see the future, even though I am the oracle. oracle. <laughs> but I don't know. Just hold off on that. All right. We still have another hour of an Ask Dr. Jesse Thursday. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You want to hear from someone who works at ICE about how bad it is? Wait till I get to this. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show, final hour of the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Thursday. I, you know what? Here's what I want. Here's what I want. I want you, before I get back to these questions, that I'm going to get to this guy from ICE. I'm going to get to his email. It's something you should listen to. I was pondering this. I think we played this last night, if not the night before. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. But it's the Harpies from The View. I want you to ponder this. And this is, it's a scary thought. Look, we'll lighten it it back up and ponder this. There are people, mainly women, suburban women, who watch this show every day and they genuinely feel like they're being informed when they watch this show. Just listen, listen, this goes on a little bit long. I'm going to let it go. I'll probably, I, I take that back. I'll probably interrupt it at some point in time, but listen to this and don't just scoff. I know you're going to scoff, but wrap your mind around the fact that person sitting next to you in traffic might be a person who watches this and thinks they're an informed individual. I don't want to live in your paranoid world anymore. Your masked paranoid world. You know, you go out. It's silly now. You know, you have your mask. You have to have a card. You have to have a booster. They scan your head. Like you're a cashier and I'm a bunch of bananas. I'm not bananas. You are. That's not really funny to people who have lost their kids Mm, to this vaccine or people who have lost family members or dear friends to this. It's, It's just, you know, listen, nobody on the planet really wants to go through this. This is not something we're doing because it's, you know, sexually gratifying. This is what we're doing to protect our families. And you don't have to do it, but stay away from everybody. And I think he's forgetting that people are still at risk who cannot get vaccinated. People who can't get the little kids under the age of five. Yeah. Or people with health conditions. How dare you be so flippant, man? Well, they're, still like, people they gotta, they're over it. Like, yeah. like a relationship. I'm yeah. over it. I don't feel like I don't seeing think him anymore. To the post-mask part, because I think there's a prudence we've learned with the mask, the hand sanitation. Uh, hand sanitizing that kind of like 9-11 with flying is always going to be here now. Just There's a new pause normal. For, for a moment. And I actually don't think I'm going to go back because if Whoopi Goldberg speaks again, I think I'm worried there's a chance I'm going to intentionally blow out my own eardrums so I don't have to hear that anymore. So I'm just going to set that aside for, for, for a minute. There are people out there who can't get vaccinated like kids under five. Wrap your mind around this. Suburban moms are watching this and they think they should vaccinate their children under five years old. We are, you want to talk about misinformation. 
the outright lies that have been spread for the last two years that people genuinely believe are the truth, it's staggering. Staggering. All right, I'm about to read something from an ICE deportation officer, and I want I want to clarify something. And wow, this is going to be depressing too. But I'm I'm going to give I'm going to give you some stats, okay? We don't know how many millions of illegal immigrants are in the United States of America. No one knows. So I mean, they'll say 10 million, 20 million, 30 million, but it, it's tens of millions for sure. It's a large, large number. ICE, that is the group, that is the government agency that is tasked with deporting the tens of millions of people within the United States of America. Okay, none of this is news. You know all this. Do you know how many employees there are at ICE to tackle that problem of tens of millions of illegal immigrants? About 6,000. Do you know how many of the 6,000 employees at ICE are actually people who deport people? About 3,000. We have 3,000 ICE employees tasked with deporting tens of millions of people who've come into this country illegally. And now we're in a situation where, well, I'll tell you what, just take it from the ICE officer himself. Dear Jesse, I just listened to your interview with Mark Morgan. By the way, what he's talking about is, again, I do different interviews on my TV show and different monologues on my TV show than I do on my radio show. He's talking about the one I do. My TV show is on the first TV every single night. It's free. Just go download the first TV app or it's on your smart, uh, smartphone or, or pad or whatever you watch TV on the first TV app. Or you can watch it on Pluto TV or anything. I have a TV show every single night, Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Anyway, he says, I listened to your interview with Mark Morgan while driving to work this morning. As an ICE deportation officer, I can absolutely validate what he's saying. Every day when I come to work, I am more discouraged by the state of our immigration system than the day before. The communist Democrats made no secret that they wanted to abolish ICE, and I'm here in the trenches to tell you that they are succeeding. Through their pro-illegal immigrant policy changes, they have stripped us officers of the ability to actually enforce the law. The only people we are actually allowed to arrest and deport are the worst, are the very worst of the worst, which is really not a large number. It is so demoralizing to be told that you cannot enforce the law and protect the country that you love. Instead, we need to focus on making sure everyone is wearing a mask while at work. I wish I was joking, but it's the reality I face every single day. Thank you for being a true patriot. I drive an hour to and from work each day and listen to your show the whole time. Your show is giving me hope for the future, Semper Fi. And I'm obviously not going to read his name because we don't need this ICE guy to lose his job. Remember, whatever you email to jesse at jessekellyshow.com, it will stay private. Unless you specifically tell me I can use your name. You have to say it. I will never use your name. Even the death threats we get. Love, hate, death threats, ask Dr. Jesse questions. I am the last private person on the planet. I believe in privacy. Your name will never get read here. But boy, isn't that isn't that disheartening? 3,000 ICE guys charged with deporting millions of illegal immigrants, and they're not even allowed to do that. What a sorry, 
sorry state of affairs. And it does tell you what Democrats really think of the country, doesn't it? I mean, it tells you all you need to know. They hate the place. All right, let's get out of this. Which prehistoric animal would win? A Perusosaurus? A Perusosaurus? A Perusosaurus or a Megalodon? The Megalodon is the huge shark. The Perusosaurus or whatever it is, that's a gigantic crocodile-looking thing. I looked it up. I think a shark is always going to defeat a crocodile. Is it not? I think a shark is going to defeat a crocodile. I'm going to go with Megalodon. Megalodon. Dear Jesse, question. General Patton, do you buy into the theory that he was assassinated the day before he was set to return from Europe, being a system shaker and all? Thanks. All right, for those not aware, I know everyone has heard of General Patton. You're probably very much aware of of his his style and his thoughts, but just a quick recap in case you're not. He was an army guy. I've actually read his biography. Uh, I would recommend it. A very different cat. I mean, a very different dude. Uh, very, very brave. Outstanding commander. Outstanding commander. I've told this story before. He was fighting down in Mexico, and he was a couple banditos come riding around the corner at him, and he's got a six-shooter on his hip. And just without flinching, he just pulls out his six-shooter and guns down all of them and drives down into camp with their bodies strapped to the hood of his Jeep. I mean, that's that's Patton. This is, this is a dude. And Patton was the guy he very much believed, and I believe in this. This is very it's a he's an army guy, but this is a real Marine Corps doctrine thing. He believed in speed and wrong footing the enemy. He believed that what what is that saying? I actually think it was his saying, forgive me, because I'm gonna mess this up, but the saying is a perfect plan violently or a good plan violently executed now is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. Don't give them time to think. Don't give them time to move. Just go, 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 get after them. And I love that way of thinking. I, I approach a lot of things that way. That's what I believe. I believe it all the way. Patton also despised communists. He despised the Soviet Union and Stalin. And Patton thought us getting cozy with the Soviet Union was a gigantic mistake. Patton was so good. Remember, the, the Nazis, I mean, they're freaking Germans. So everything is, everything. there's a record kept for everything, meticulous records. And they had ratings for all the generals on the Allied side and different ratings for different things. You know, this general's the best at defending a fortification. You know who the number one attacking general in their mind was in the war? Patton. They knew how good he was. Patton was good. And then he got sidelined because, well, this country got way too soft. And so we're not going to go into all the details there. What do I believe about Patton's assassination? I have actually traveled down that rabbit hole before and done a bunch of reading on it. And I'm not going to give you a mealy mouth answer. I'm really not. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay out for you exactly what I think about Patton. Was he assassinated? Was it an accident? I'm going to lay out exactly what I think about that in just a second. But th- let, me, let me just tell you this first. I played for you already. I played it all week. The Federal Reserve Chairman, Jerome Powell, saying they're raising interest rates. But not until March. Inflation is here to stay. And they can't possibly raise rates enough to stop this inflation right now. They just can't. It's not possible. You can't print that much money in that short amount of time. When I tell you to get some gold from Oxford Gold Group delivered to your front door, that's why I say what I say. 
get some gold delivered to your front door from Oxford Gold Group because we don't know what they're going to do with the dollar next year, but we know it's not going to be good. And gold always has value, no matter what, always. Call 833-995-GOLD. Tell them Jesse told you to call, and they will deliver gold to your front door. 833-995-GOLD, Oxford Gold Group. Call them today. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. The Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Thursday. The question was, in case you missed it, do I believe Patton got assassinated the day before he was set to return from Europe? At the end of World War II, Patton didn't just have strong opinions about us getting way too cozy with the Soviet Union. He had strong opinions publicly. Do I believe he was assassinated? Here's what I've said. Here's what I've said along. Just hang with me for a moment. If you look at the history of the world, if you look at the history of the world, systems, when systems get corrupt, when they get really, really, really corrupt, they defend their corruption. They defend their little fiefdom, and they defend it violently. You ever do any? Uh, you ever do any studying or any reading? Or uh, Dan Carlin has a great podcast about this, about the fall of the Roman Republic. So it's it's a good one if you want to get kind of a little bit boned up on it. But it, I would recommend do some reading on it if you want. But about how Rome went from being a republic to being one ruled by an emperor. This is going to come back to Trump and Patton and all this. So just hang with me for a second. Rome was a republic in the beginning. Not ruled by a king. And then eventually, the people in charge, the Senate, started to get very, very, very corrupt. They were above the law. None of this is sounding familiar, is it? They were above the law. They were using their positions of power to enrich themselves. They were using their positions of power to enrich their rich friends and crap on the middle class, and crap on poor people. Again, none of this is sounding familiar, right? The system became corrupted. Instead of it being a system where where the average Roman citizen was protected because it was a republic, it became a system where the average citizen was dumped on because the system got corrupted. And so you started to have these reformers start to run for office. They were called populares. Populares is what they were called. Again, populist, really. A populare. The, you, you can read about them. There's a bunch. People from the Grocky brothers. That, that, look, there were a bunch of them. And they all have one thing in common. The one you would recognize if I told you is it would be Julius Caesar. Ever heard of that before? They All the populares, they all have the same thing in common. They all got killed. Every single one of them died violently. I don't mean I don't mean quietly in their beds as old men they all died. That is not a Roman story. That is a a story about the entire history of the world when governments systems get corrupt they will kill to keep themselves safe, to keep the thing they have going safe. 
Uh, my buddy Daryl Cooper, he does that Martyr Made podcast. I saw him say this once, so I don't want to take credit for it, but I firmly, firmly believe it to be true. He believes Donald Trump losing re-election saved his life. I always thought that too. I always thought Trump's life was in danger. And you know, I'm more than happy to criticize Trump when I disagree with him. I liked him as president. I was a very good president. More, I've done it several times on the show. You've heard me. I'll criticize him when I disagree with him. But Donald Trump was a system disruptor. Renegotiate trade deals? What? Do you have any idea how many pockets were lined with those dirtball trade deals we have? Uh, challenge China? Do you have any idea how many wealthy, powerful men were relying on U.S. presidents never challenging China? The border? He actually was securing the border do you have any idea how many wealthy, powerful men, Republican and Democrat, rely on that border being wide open? I said it. I actually said it when Donald Trump was running. I said, I'm worried for his life. I do believe him losing re-election possibly saved his life. Systems will kill people who challenge them. They will. The history of the world says that they will. It's just something that happens. And I, I've, I've brought this up before, as long as we're going down the weeds here before I get back to the patent thing. Let's, let me just bring this up again. Uh, everyone likes it when I recommend books to read, which I don't know why. I'm an idiot, but I, 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 I have read some good books. And there is a book out there that I've recommended to people. I do not know the author. In fact, the author's dead now. I believe he got killed overseas, if I remember right. Uh, he was a private military contractor. The book is called Zero Footprint. Zero Footprint. I'm not getting royalties from it or something like that. The reason I want you to read it is this. Not only was this guy in Iraq and Afghanistan, he's fighting ISIS and he's doing all these crazy things. He was a private military contractor. If I remember right, he was formerly British, British SAS and then went to be a PMC, a mercenary. They call him PMCs. But he does go over. There is a little snippet in the book where he goes over that industry, the PMC industry. Understand there are really, really super legit, moral PMC companies out there. Companies our country works with all the time. I need you to protect these diplomats. I need you to do that. But there are also ones that aren't. There are lots of them. There are lots of highly trained men Men trained how to kill people who are no longer in the employ of the military that trained them and they like to make money and they're willing to do things to earn that money. This is not stuff you just read about in books or see in movies. That's real life. This is real life. These people exist. Wealthy, powerful men have access to these people. You don't. I don't. You got 500 grand laying around to pay one? I don't. I don't. Wealthy, powerful men do without a second thought. We've talked about this before. What does wealth actually give you? Access. Access to what? Everything. Everything. The food you want, the private jet, the medical care you want, the pretty girls. Gives you access to killers too if you want them. And you're morally okay with that. Systems kill people. Do I believe Patton was assassinated? I've read a bunch on it. It looks very legitimate to me. But I honestly, I don't know that I can say one way or the other because I just don't know. There's been so much written about it. I don't know. But I will tell you this. If you were to tell me Patton was assassinated, 
I wouldn't bat an eye. If you were to tell me you knew for a fact he was assassinated, I would say to you, oh, yeah, I can see that. Absolutely. No question. That's what systems do. All right. Going to get to as many of these emails as I can on an Ask Dr. Jesse Thursday. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show on a Thursday, but kind of Friday. I mean, it kind of is like Friday, but every day, every day is like a Friday when you get to sit here with me. But it is. <laughs> Let's get back to your questions. I have so many of them. To your Shogun, imagine showing up to your first class in high school and your teacher is a dime like Jedediah Bila. Lord have mercy, <laughs> you savages. <laughs> Jedediah Bila was the guest. On was our guest last night on the show. If you missed it, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a review, talking about how handsome I am. And yes, Jenna Diabila is a dime. There's no question about it. <laughs> Gosh. Hey, almost always Mr. Right. What makes you think that the communists will need all 50 senators to get a Supreme Court nominee through? You know that Romney, Collins, and maybe even three or four more will vote for whoever Joe puts out there just to show how well they play with others. Whoever Joe puts on the docket will get more than 50 votes no matter what. Sorry to say. Have fun in the news studio. He said I can use his name. His name is Mark. He's not wrong. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. He's Yeah, he's 100% nails on that one. Jesse, last night you spoke of the truck convoy in Canada, which is amazing, by the way. You recognized American truckers or recognized truck drivers in America. Thanks. My husband and I are both truck drivers as a team. That's really cool. I always thought that was very cool when husbands and wives do the truck driving team. And that's what a, what a cool adventure. Anyway, very underappreciated profession for sure. Amazing how many people don't realize everything they want is in a truck. We are underpaid and catch a lot of grief from people in cars because we're too big, too slow, and in the way. Thanks for acknowledging the work we do. Keep up the great work. Love your show. You can say our names. Wendy and Marland. Wendy and Marland, the truck drivers. How about that? Well, look, honestly, what I said was this. It's happening right now in Canada. The truckers are starting to revolt. Word is American truckers are going to start getting involved in this. And people simply do not realize. And look, there have been times in my life, several times, when I didn't realize you don't think about it. You don't realize Everything comes from a truck. Look around you right now. Every single thing you see was on a truck at some point in time. Ah, but Jesse, I'm looking at a building. Yep, break that building down into parts. All those parts got there on a truck. I'm at the grocery store. Every piece of food in that grocery store got there on a truck. The grocery store itself got there on a truck. I'm talking into a microphone. It got here on a truck somewhere. There's a desk here. Truck, chair, truck, Cheetos, caught here on a truck. Everything comes on a truck. The truckers are what keep the blood flowing in this economy. They are the most powerful entity in the United States of America, and you're 100% right. They are extremely unappreciated, extremely unappreciated. Good for you. Jesse, although it is clear the ranks of the government are plagued with communist-like-minded collectivists, could you see an attempted 
an attempt to split in the Democratic Party by some of the moderates not on board with the communist agenda. I know there aren't many in Congress nowadays that toe that line, but even still, all it takes is one good candidate in the third-party race in a local county and maybe you could get something going. Or do you think America is doomed to be stuck in this two-party system? He says I can say his name. All right. Now, it's a good question. All right, It's a good question, but... I come at it from a couple of different angles. No, I actually do not think America is doomed to stay in the two-party system forever because both both parties are so wretched and disgusting. It just it's not going to last forever. And understand this, it's not the norm to have just two parties. The norm, I mean if you look around the world anytime you've got a democracy or a republic or something like that, There are tons of parties, and I mean tons of them. And what they do is they try to find where they align with each other enough on their beliefs, and they try to form coalitions so they can get things done. It's Honestly, it's a healthier way to be than this two-party system we have. This thing sucks. So, no, I don't think we're stuck with a two-party system forever. I think we're stuck with it for now. But the democrats are not going to the moderate democrats are not going to break away from the communists they're going to be consumed by them and pretty much already have been you you heard in case you missed it uh senator ted cruz was on the show an hour, what an hour ago or something like that an hour ago senator ted cruz was on the show and he was actually talking about i i i basically asked him something similar to this okay so joe biden i mean joe biden's always been a jerk and a scumbag but he's never been a full-blown communist like he is now. What? What happened? Why? And he said, look, these Democrats today, even the more moderate Democrats today, they're scared to death of getting a primary challenge from the left, of getting a primary challenge from a communist in their area. That's part of the reason Chuck Schumer is such a nutball now. I mean, he's always been a dirtball, but now he's a nutball on top of it. That's part of the reason he doesn't want AOC to challenge him for his Senate seat. It's just simply a fact. They're going to get consumed. They're going to get consumed. In fact, I mean, not going to get, they are. I mean, another thing Ted said earlier, in case you missed it, was Biden's picks right now for justices, because we were talking about the Breyer replacement and things like that. Biden's picks so far, his judges so far, they've been thrown on the appeals courts and whatnot. They're more radical than Obama's. Wrap your mind around that. They're more radical than Obama's. And Obama's were a bunch of nutters. The party has been taken over. It's not being taken over. It's been taken over. Remember this. Remember this. You hate Nancy Pelosi. And so do I. Because she's the most hateable person on the planet. She's a Disney movie villain. So I'm not going to sit here and sing Nancy Pelosi's praises. But I will say this. The impeachment of Donald Trump, the first one anyway, people forget this because Nancy Pelosi became the face of it and she was leading it and whatnot. Nancy Pelosi internally, she was the one holding it off. She was the one, her radical communist base, they were ravenous about wanting to impeach Donald Trump. Nancy Pelosi, the inside baseball scoop was, she was saying, you guys are nuts You're going to get us killed in the midterms. You're making us look like nutballs. No. Nancy Pelosi was the one holding them back 
Only for a while, though, eventually she broke too and became the face of impeaching Donald Trump. The party isn't being taken over. The party has been taken over. It's gone. It's gone. It's a sad state of affairs, but that's where we are. I mean, look, you you, you can point at nutballs in the government. You can point at people like Jen Psaki, and you can say, well, Jen Psaki, she's, she's outside of the norm. No, Jen Psaki, yes, an idiot, as you'll hear in this bit, but Jen Psaki, she is the modern Democratic Party. This is an honor and a privilege, and I love working for President Ob- President Biden every single day. I love spending time with him, hearing what's on his mind. Actually, going on the road with him is really the best thing possible. Almost called Biden Obama. I love that clip. Dear Dr. Jesse, with all the growing tensions in Eastern Europe, as a 25-year-old man who is of age to be drafted, I grow ever more concerned about a hot war with Russia. I love this country and would do anything to protect its core values, However, if we go to war with Russia, I do not hold much animosity towards them. I do towards China and would be willing to lay down my life to protect from the threat of China. He wants some advice. All right, I'm going to tell, I'm going to talk to you really briefly about the military. Should my kid join? My kids joined. What do I do? What should I think about it? Let's have a hard, very direct conversation about that in just a second. I do want to read this email first. I'll get back to this email. Listen to this email. Jesse. We had a new, uh, the, it was, the subject of it is Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Jesse, we had a new house built, and on your recommendation, I purchased the three-pack. After chiding me for spending that amount of money on your recommendation alone, my husband two weeks later told me to go ahead and get one for each room in the, in the house. We now have six in our home. These things are amazing. As I, as I walk up to the door from the garage, I smell the clean. It's absolutely stunning. Thank Eden Pure for us. Says I can say her name. Her name is Patty. When I tell you about, have you ever heard me pitch for an air purifier before? No, you haven't. These things are freaking magic. They're magic. Go. And they have a deal right now. I don't know how long it's going to last, but for my listeners, because I got three and I'm famous for having done that, my listeners can get a three pack for under 200 bucks. That's $200 in savings. You have to go to EdenPureDeals.com. And use the code JESSE3. That's JESSE in the number three. EdenPureDeals.com. The code is JESSE3. I didn't write the email. They wrote it. That's the results. EdenPureDeals.com. Code JESSE3. The Jesse Kelly Show. It's still real to me, damn it. Returns next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show final segment, and it's been an awesome Ask Dr. Jesse Thursday. Um, One thing, before I get back to this email, I get asked a lot. I get asked a lot about shooting stuff and weapons and and how do I train here and how do I train there. And again, I want to make sure I always reemphasize this. I am not the world's expert. I mean, I can handle a weapon. I can, I can, I can hit what I aim at. I'm not the world's expert. But if you, if you really want to learn how to be a better shooter, copy what the pros do. The special forces guys, like the guys we have on the show, the Marine Corps boot camp, the Marines, they use Mantis X. And it's not even that expensive. And you use it in your home. 
They, they do it without shooting around. Without shooting around, you can practice in your home, and not only does it tell you, obviously, what you're hitting, it gives you feedback. It lets you know. It guides you through different drills and courses. The thing is amazing. This is what the professionals use. You can own it. You just got to go to mantisx.com and buy one. Go to mantisx.com. Don't just you know own a weapon. Make sure you know how to use it the right way. That's It's an important thing. Mantisx.com. Dot com. You want to get deadlier? That's how. That's how. Back to the question about um, it's a 25-year-old dude. He's worried he doesn't want to fight against Russia, doesn't have any problem with them. And, and let me just speak to this right now. I know how many people listen who are in the service. I know it's a lot. How many parents who have kids in the service. I know the numbers a lot. Here's the thing about military service, or at least how I look at it. I ain't saying I'm right, but this is how I look at it, all right? You get things from being in the military. Let's let's just use the Marines, for example. You you get things from being in the Marines. There's no question about it. You're going to become uh, uh, more disciplined. You're going to learn more responsibility. You're going to learn leadership. You're going to learn, I'm honestly, some deadly tools if you want or if you need them. You're you're going to learn some things like that that are good. It's a good thing. You're going to have the the knowledge that you have served your country. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. But there are bads too. And it simply comes with the territory. And you have to make that decision for yourself whether or not the bads outweigh the goods. And part of the bad is this. Any nation, America, Russia, China, Brazil, I don't care, Canada, but pick your country, any nation, they have leadership. They have things they want done in the world. They will send their military people off to die to accomplish those things. This is not a uniquely American thing or something unique to Joe Biden or something like that. The history of the world is young men being sent off to die on behalf of whatever the state wants at that time. You can make your own judgments depending on the conflict on the righteousness of the cause or not. I mean, it would be hard to look at something like a Marine dying in the Pacific in World War II and say that wasn't for a good cause. We were attacked. We were fighting them back. and that, that's, you know, But whatever. Pick your conflict. I don't care. That's part of the trade-off. It's part of, I hate to use the word because my kids aren't even allowed, allowed to use it, the unfairness, the unjustness of this lifetime. I mean, you you read some of these numbers and and you read history books or history stories about uh, Civil War, World War One, Genghis Khan time. Pick Pick your era. And how many young men died? How many young men died? Young men, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. Sons, oftentimes husbands, fathers, they're still dying today. Cops, they're still dying today. They go off and they die. And it's always sad. It's part of, it's part of the horrible human experience. I'm not saying the human experience is horrible, but the horrible aspects of it, that's one of them. That is one of them. That's how it goes. I, I, I don't mean to give you a, a wishy-washy answer. I genuinely do not. But that's how it goes. Part of being a 25-year-old man who might get drafted into the United States military is 
there's a chance you're going to be drafted to fight and die possibly and experience horrible things and see horrible things and smell horrible things and hear horrible things on behalf of a totally crap cause. It's true. It's happened. I don't have words of comfort for you. I just, honestly, sometimes I just feel like we all need to hear that's how it is. That's how it is. Jesse, they pulled the monoclonal antibody treatments as per Jen Psaki, who said, quote, because 99% of the new cases are Omicron and monoclonal antibodies don't work on it. But Jesse... Neither are the vaccine. Neither the vaccines are effective for Omicron, and since COVID original is apparently, I don't understand. Since COVID original is apparently gone, why not pull the vaccines too? Well, we all know what's going on here. Oh, and that's one thing. Another thing is this: I was speaking to a doctor. Been speaking to. I speak to as many healthcare professionals offline as I possibly can, trying to get the real skinny on things. You want to be blown away by something, or shocked, or disappointed, or or, or I don't know. You know, most places don't even have a test for Omicron or Delta or anything else. They, they say they spread this news all the time. Omicron is spreading. Ask them. Really? How do you know? They don't know. They don't have any idea. They don't have any idea what variant is there. Yes, there are places out there. Uh, Yale, I've been told, is one of them. But there are places where they can figure out which one's which. But the vast majority of the tests aren't getting sent to Yale so they can figure out a variant. Again, back to another hard truth about just the way life is. They're making up a lot as they go. They're making up a lot as they go. They don't know the things they act like they know. And that's been part of my problem with this coronavirus response from the very beginning. They're pretending to know things they don't have a clue about. Why? So why pretend? Why do people struggle with this so much? Is this an ego thing? Why do people struggle so much with simply saying, I don't know? I mean, coronavirus gets here. Okay, what's wrong with our public health officials and our politicians, presidents, senators, governors stepping up and saying, we don't know what we're dealing with yet. We are on top of it. We're going to get it figured out. Remain calm while we figure out exactly what to do with this thing so we can save as many lives as possible without bankrupting the country. How difficult is that? But instead, we didn't get it all. Instead, we got, don't wear a mask. Wait, wear a mask. Two masks. Oh, we're all going to die. Go home. But we never got a calm, logical, rational response for any of it. It was panic, 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 panic. Go home. Hide. Panic some more. And that's it's part of what drove me insane because I hate panickers. I absolutely cannot stand it. All right. If you missed any part of the show, download the whole thing, iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. If you want to email the show, love, hate, death threats, whatever you want, ask Dr. Jesse questions. Email jesse at jessekellyshow.com. All your emails go right to Chris. He prints them all out for me. I read every single one of them. You keep your chin up, all right? Put a smile on your face. We'll be back Monday from the new studio. That's all. 